Force helicopters have been slowly winching people to safety in small groups. Officials hope an Italian troop carrier warship will be able to get closer to the ferry and help get more passengers off more quickly. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Europe is on its back. Now it's really impacting everything. Economic efficiencies, which means more job opportunities. More stable investment has been the preferred asset clause. Money for nothing. Good morning. It's Monday, 29th of December, and this is Money for Nothing with Richard Harris. It's a short shift this week between Christmas and New Year, but we have plenty of business headlines. While we partied, Shanghai continues to rally. Stock markets stay steady, though oil continues to flow downwards. Hackers attack Sony and Microsoft GameStation over Christmas, and President Obama brags about the US economy. For your delight today, we have three great guests. Breaking the tape is Barry Wood, RTHK's own very own international economics correspondent and very faithful to us on Mondays to the very end of 2014. Next up is Shuli Ren of Barron's to give us this year's and next year's view on the China markets. And to round off the show, we have Christopher Dillon of Dillon Communications Limited, who will give us a rundown on global real estate. And last, but not least, our guest host, the man who's the commentator's commentator on Hong Kong and Chinese markets, Francis Lun of Geosecurities. Good morning, Francis. Richard. Good morning. Well, while you were languishing at home over the long weekend, I'm no. sure your brain wasn't uh, <laughs> completely still. Have you had any bright thoughts about the markets over the weekend? Well, I think uh, uh, Hong Kong will end on a high note because of the Asia market. Uh, actually, last week was a really not a very good week because market, uh, Hong Kong market kept falling. But uh, with the good news from China, especially from the uh, financial stocks, the banks and the brokers, I think uh, we can enjoy a better closing. Well, I'm uh, glad to see you're optimistic. It's, yeah. the, uh, it's the theme of the day, Francis. Yeah. Uh, Shanghai regained its enthusiasm for the bull market by rising 2.8% on Friday, taking the market almost back to its recent highs. Uh, Shanghai closed the week at 3,158. Further easing of the credit system by reducing interest rates and relaxing restrictions on bank lending all created the market optimism. Uh, Francis, this yeah. sort of reflation of the economy seems yeah. opposite to what policymakers want, isn't it? Well, the, the, the problem is really the uh, broader uh, macroeconomic indicators showing that uh, the economy is slowing down, export growth is slowing down, credit growth is slowing down, and uh, the government had no choice but really to uh, uh, emphasize on the bright spot, which is the stock market. The stock market, which has been in the doldrums uh, since 2009, uh, uh, came back to life uh, after the uh, Hong Kong-Shanghai Connect. And but isn't this a rerun of Wall Street a couple of years ago? You know, the yeah, uh, government right. does its best to reflate the economy to make things good for the common man, and all that happens is yeah. the fat cat investors in the stock market clean up. Yeah, that's right. Actually, uh, what they're doing is really make uh, maybe about uh, 10 million uh, 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 punters in the stock market were very happy and they go out to spend and then of course that really is exactly what the Chinese uh, officials want. They want people to spend money to reflate the economy. Uh, uh, after all, uh, China's uh, mm, consumption, uh, consumer spending is uh, uh, 
uh, as a percentage of GDP, is much, much lower than the U.S. The U.S., I think, is something, something like 75 percent. In China, I think, it's something like 40 percent only. So if they can increase it to over 50 percent, then the economy can, can, grow, for, can grow by 7 percent uh, in the next uh, maybe five years. So, okay, well, plenty on China later. Um, because we've got Shuli with, with us, who'll be able to add uh, quite a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. But meanwhile, the renminbi has actually slipped a little in the last week, falling to 6.21 to the US dollar. Mm. Uh, and that's made a loss of about 2.6% against the dollar this year. Yeah, well, uh, 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 as, uh, as this currency uh, goes, uh, they, they, they will go up and down. And Well, it's interesting, too, that in global terms, you know, the performance has been very strong. Because the dollar's been very strong. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, the the U.S. dollar is, is also story of the year. And also, of course, Obama brags about the U.S. economy. And they said, wow. Um, <laughs> but plenty more of that later, too. That's right. Um, equity markets in Europe were either closed or uh, were very quiet while we were away. Uh, Brent actually traded down over the holiday and is currently at the 58 Dollar thirty-seven mark, which um, uh, could spark some interest this week, and gold is uh, little changed. Uh, hackers have attacked Sony again, this time through their PlayStation system, uh, and Microsoft also took a pounding with its Xbox. It's estimated that something like 160 million users were blocked from using the sites, although no, no confidential data was taken this time. A group called Lizard claimed responsibility. Guy Cocker specialises in gaming technology, and he spoke to the BBC about what the companies were doing. They'll have an emergency team of engineers in place to sort of deal with this. But as of time recording, as of recording right now on Boxing Day, uh, the, the network for PlayStation is still down. It looks as though, it appears as though Microsoft is back up and running. This is a 24-hour outage, uh, a very important time. Uh, and while denial of service attacks can happen to anyone, they're going to happen to any website, to any service, and they do happen to a lot of people, it's really the onus is on Microsoft and Sony because they're paid for services, because they're making millions of dollars of revenue every single year off the back of these subscription services to, to find a backup plan to make sure that it doesn't happen. Well, on Friday, President Obama tweeted ICYMI, and for those of you who don't follow teenage speak, it means, in case you missed it, the economy is now growing faster than in any time in the last 11 years. The US is still buzzing from the 5% third quarter growth figure that pleasantly surprised markets last week. Uh, as you know, the Dow broke 18,000 for the first time. The small stock index uh, actually has just broken an all-time high to 1,215. And the technology-heavy Nasdaq index has broken a 14-year high to 4,807 that was actually set in the dot-com bubble back in the year 2000. Weekend commentators were generally pretty bullish about the situation, though. Uh, Chuck Lieberman of Advisors Capital Management typifies the pack. Because the economy is very healthy, the job market is very solid, uh, and I expect job growth to continue at a pretty good clip, and that lifts all, all parts of the economy. So I'm very optimistic about uh, economic performance as well as stock market performance. Uh, like good commentators, they still ask the big questions. One of the biggest is, like last time, whether the whole pack of cards is based on debt. Jim Liebenthal of Liebenthal Asset Management gives his view. It's a valid point. Having said that, you know, the record consumer debt is not that far greater than it's been in past several years. And I think adjusted for inflation, it's not even that much of a record at all. I, I'll put it to you this way, though. I think I'd much rather have this than an environment in which stock markets are propped up by quantitative easing. Though he does mention a couple of big risk factors. 
but I'm going to offer a word of caution here. The one thing that we have to be aware of is that the Federal Reserve will probably start to raise the Fed funds rate next summer. And that traditionally is a headwind to the stock market, and it's a headwind to confidence. So we just have to be aware of that. And one other thing that I'll add is we here at, at our firm are still quite worried about the Russian situation. Not that we think anybody is going to do anything on purpose, but when you've got as much saber rattling going on, it's easy for accidents to happen. Whoops. Former Harvard and PIMCO boss Mohamed el thinks the markets can survive interest rate rises. Provided three things happen. First, the rest of the world doesn't completely fall apart mm. because we, we're not an island, so we get impacted. So it's important for the rest of the world not to completely fall apart. That's the first thing. Second, that U.S. growth continues to be both robust and widespread. And then third, something you've just talked about. We've had 51 record highs of, on, on the S&P. That's one a week on average. And that's despite a 9% correction in September, October. What's that telling you? That there's a lot of cash on the sideline, especially corporate cash, coming in to support the market through either dividend increases or share buybacks. So this all looks like quite a heady mixture for the markets. And to clear things up for us, we have Barry Wood, our own very own international economics correspondent, on the line from Washington, D.C. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Richard. <laughs> is everyone right to be so bullish, or is it just uh, post-Christmas uh, 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 happiness? No, I think that uh, I agree with those commentators. I think things look really good. Uh, what do you think about uh, some of the other factors, though? You know, people are talking about interest rate rises and concerns there. Are, are people starting to put those on the sideline? No, I think that uh, interest rate rises maybe is a question mark. I do think what um, Mohammed El Arian is saying about the stock market, when you have this kind of volatility, and yes, there's money on the sidelines, nonetheless, if interest rates go up, that does pose a risk for the stock market, particularly since you've had five consecutive years of rises, and you've had, what, a 14% rise in 2014 on top of a 28% rise in 2013. I'm talking about the S&P average. Yes. So, you know, we, we've uh, investors have made a lot of money here, and that can't go on indefinitely. Yes, but consumer confidence is strongest, I think, since 2007. Yeah, that's a very good sign. Look, I think things are clearly better. And I think that we do enter 2015 feeling very good about the economy. I think President Obama has really, maybe for the first time in his presidency, something to really be pleased with. And I'm glad he tweeted as he did. But, uh, you know, the auto sector is strong. Consumer confidence, as you say, is up. The economy is growing at a 5% annual rate. No one expects that's going to continue. Don't forget, we were down 2 or 3% at an annual rate in the first quarter of 2014. But, no, we enter the uh, new year, I think, looking pretty good. And also coming into 2015, it's an election year. That's normally not too bad for stock markets either, is it? Well, that's true. That's true. And, you know, it's a pity that we have this kind of almost continual political debate on the presidential level particularly. You know, it, it's, it's not a very civilized way to run a political system. <laughs> but you're right, and I think as 2015 goes along, we're going to hear so much about, is it Hillary for sure for the Democrats? Who might emerge for the Republicans? I wish we were listening to this at the beginning of 2016, but I'm sure that you're right. We're, we're going to hear it in 2015, and 
you know, whether that has been traditionally good for stocks, I, I leave that to the gamblers. Yeah, uh, as we call stock market investors. Um, the <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, last week we were talking about uh, Sony's little accident with um, uh, with with their. Uh, interview the interview the the movie uh, and then this weekend we're talking about problems with with xbox surely a company of that size should have better security systems well i think you're right and i really like that bbc tape that you played richard because that lays it out i mean there's a lot of highly paid people who are going to be working on this problem it is interesting to me just from where I sit, that uh, no one is suggesting that the two were related in terms of the Sony and the interview from Sony Pictures, but uh, I fear that we're going to have more hack attacks. I mean, think of it. What if the whole system went down? What if the internet didn't work for even a few hours? The whole global economy would be in a kind of panic. Yes. That's not impossible. And I mention that because I once heard... uh, uh, a very important guy from Google say that this was quite a possibility, and that was uh, that was Vint Cerf. Yes, it's always worrying when the experts uh, tend to flag this up because they're the ones who should be very bullish. Anyway, Barry, thank you very much for staying up and uh, for joining us, and uh, we wish you a very happy new year, and I'll see you next year. How are policies formulated? How should the government allocate its resources in the budget? Boost the economy. Meet housing needs. Care for the elderly. Or should we focus on education, health care, and the environment? Make your voice heard. Share your views on the Policy Address and Budget Consultation website at www.policyaddress.gov.hk or call our hotline 2810-3768. Things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. Well, as we've heard, the China stock market is on a tear. The Shanghai Composite Index is up 16.6% so far in the month of December and 47% up on the year. However, Hong Kong-listed Chinese equities, as Francis said a little bit earlier, have not performed. The H-share or the Hang Seng China Enterprise Index has only risen 5.4% in the same period. Um, I'm pleased to introduce now Xu Li Ren, who's Hong Kong-based columnist for Barron's and looks at China uh, pretty closely. Um, I know, Xu Li, you look uh, often at the P.E. ratio, that's the share price divided by the earnings per share ratio to see how cheap or expensive a market is. Is Shanghai got rather expensive after this big rise? Good morning, Richard. Uh, Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I don't think so. So the uh, Shanghai index is about 15 times, right? Like if you, uh, so in the last month, uh, since the the People's Bank of China cut the interest rate at the end of November, it has been, uh, the rally completely has been like a multiple expansion in that earnings haven't picked up. It's, uh, it's just the share price that has been, right? Um, but if you look at historically, like what Francis said, before 2009, uh, the Shanghai market was trading at uh, 17, 19, 20 times, even above 20 times. So from the 
historical point of view, if the Shanghai market can go back to the old times, no, 15 times is not that expensive. Francis, when you look、yeah. at these historical PEs, I, I know you've looked <laughs> at the market for many, many years. Indeed, both、yeah. you and I are quite historical ourselves. Yeah, that's right. We are old.、Um, that's right. How? how <laughs> Uh, how do you compare PEs across across the years, and how, what do you think of this China? Well, I think、uh, uh, as far as China is concerned, uh, uh, it's reasonable now,、uh, but but there's always a danger because、uh, the Chinese market really run on sentiment. Is, Rather than uh, 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 fundamentals, the U.S. is is more based on fundamentals. If it reaches certain high, and then the market will, will go down. But、uh, it really in China is more of a speculative nature. You and、uh, you you have、uh, stock、uh, investors really like gamblers. Everybody but is looking for the one hundred percent gain within one year. But so, surely, doesn't this kind of Gambling mentality doesn't that、uh, kind of work its way through a market, and eventually we end up seeing markets、uh, valued on a much more, should we say, professional basis.、Um. Uh, you're right, Richard.、Um, it, it's going to、um, have some corrections, but、um, I actually disagree a little bit with Francis <laughs> on this.、Uh, Good, I, like I mean,、yeah. you you look at the U.S. market, right?、Uh, we have a multiple year rally, and a lot of it is multiple expansion as well. U.S. is trading higher hand and higher, and yes, U.S. economy is suddenly、uh, looking bright in the last two months or so. But before that, we all know U.S. was not growing at all. So the the rally has been fueled by, by the The, the Fed's quantitative easing, and I, I, I see similar things happening in China. That there's going to be a lot of excess cash coming to the stock market because the property market is not working,、um, and we're going to see、uh, possibly multiple,、uh, like a one-year rally. And indeed, there are lots of. Comments that in the shadow banking sector, where people have been looking to pick up extra、mm. yield, has also slowed down and 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 been slowed down by the government as well. Yeah, I think I think that's the one thing that the government did、uh, well this year. They、uh, they tried to control the shadow banking and they succeeded in reducing the size of the shadow banking because I think at the height of it, something like twenty one trillion yuan is really a, a really mind boggling sum. And they also trying to、uh, get hold of the local government borrowing. It's also something like twenty trillion. So if If you can control these two bubbles, and and then I think the economy is on a much sounder footing. But then the 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 other side of the coin is right now the government is trying to reflate the market by uh, uh, relaxing credit or by、uh, easing liquidity. And of course, then what you have is a stock market bubble coming up. I think next year we will have an A share bubble. The A share can go to、uh, I think the index can go to four thousand, and but, then you have market panic. But but surely <laughs> there's lots of talk also that the government might bring in regulatory restrictions to try and curb. Uh, a bubble in the stock market.、Uh, absolutely. So, what the government wants to do is to、uh, further interest rate cuts because、uh, China is、uh, running the risk of a deflationary period, right? And then possibly cutting the re- required reserve ratio. But if All the extra liquidity just goes to stock market instead of going to corporates that need money.、Uh, that's not what the government wants. So they are going to try to temper down a little bit.、Uh, you will hear、uh, 
um, regulatory uh, measures on uh, margin financing, um, some investigations into insider trading, price rigging, so on and so yes, forth. Yes, tell us about the – there's been some investigations into stock manipulation. Tell us a little bit about that. They, they are very small companies, um, uh, very small cap. They, they haven't uh, – as far as I know, there haven't been any investigations into the big stocks, uh, which are – uh, some of them uh, are driving the rally. So, um, but the, it, it's a message that the government is sending to the markets: don't get overheated. And it did impact the small share indices quite significantly. Yes. I think a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And what are some of the top uh, picks that you have for 2015, uh, Shuli? Some of the sectors that you particularly like. Um, I kind of like the Chinese banks, especially the H shares, um, because they're still very cheap. And uh, if, we're, uh, if we're talking about like uh, playing the theme of China's quantitative easing, right, like the financials were gained the most, but so far largely it has been uh, security firms. Um, but security firms are getting a little bit expensive. And uh, we, we might see Chinese uh, mainland domestic funds who are, who, who are over, uh, underweighted on the Chinese banks coming to the Chinese banks. So that's one thing I like. I still like uh, um, the China's internet sector. I think uh, it's vibrant. Uh, uh, Baidu is uh, one of my favorites. So still bubbling along there. Well, Shirley, thank you very much for coming in on, on this short week. It's always a pleasure to see you on Money for Nothing. Francis will yes. be staying with us to give yes. us some of his comments later. Uh, and we'll be back in a minute with uh, Christopher Dillon. Good morning, Christopher. Good morning, Richard. Um, uh, we're moving on to look at some attractive global destinations for real estate investment. Um, what locations are your favorite at the moment? Well, at the risk of piling on with all the uh, good news from the United States, I like the U.S. Uh, cheap oil, economic recovery, low unemployment are all very, very positive, I think. Mm. Um, but on top of that, I think it's, it's really a demographic play. Um, so starting with younger people, the millennials – there's 74 million people um, in that age group, and they have a, a combined total of a 1.2 trillion U.S. dollars in student loans outstanding. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know this, but in the U.S., if you declare personal bankruptcy, you can get out from under credit card debt, from car loans, from mortgages, but you can't discharge a student loan that way. So consequently, a lot of these people with all that, uh, all, all that outstanding debt are going to be renting accommodations for a long time to come. So mm -hmm. single, you know, uh, <clears throat> rental accommodations, one-bedroom apartments, I think, are the way to go. Francis, I see you've got a question there. Yeah. Well, I, I was surprised that it's so easy for students to, de to de de declare bankruptcy in the U.S. <laughs> I, I, I think that really encourages financial indiscipline, isn't it? It's interesting because some commentators have compared the student loan crisis with the subprime crisis because you've yeah. got people getting degrees of questionable utility yeah. uh, who really shouldn't be getting them and taking on a lot of debt. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but isn't the U.S. education cost really much too high? You have uh, a major universities, well, uh, a pricey university education going to something like that. But, uh, uh, but I, I guess that makes student accommodation uh, quite mm-hmm. an attractive investment. Yeah. It possibly. I mean, you're actually seeing cu- uh, cutbacks in, mm-hmm. in the educational sector in the United States precisely for the reasons that Francis is describing. Yeah. It's very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. But the net result for the, uh, the real estate market is that a lot of people who would have been starting families, buying their first homes, are not doing that because they've got so much debt from student loans. So they're going to be renters. And what other locations or sectors are you looking at, first of all, in the U.S. and then elsewhere? Um, Retirement. Um, There's lots of wealthy baby boomers who are moving to the southern parts of the United States looking for sun, getting away from the snow. That's the wealthy ones. The less wealthy ones are another opportunity, and that comes in the form of something that you might think is sort of counterintuitive intuitive but uh, trailer parks trailer park oh but, uh, but, but that's very susceptible to tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> trailer parks are interesting because most people have this idea of them as being meth labs and, and scrap mm. cars and things mm. like that. But there is the thought. Yeah, well, but there's a change happening. The quality mm. of the homes are getting better. Mm. Um, and people are, are getting away from the old model where you could only get a chattel mortgage rather than a proper home mortgage for the, for the home. Mm. And people are actually buying the land underneath the homes rather than paying very very, very high so, rental flows. So what, what's the, what, what is the investment? Is it buying the land or is it buying land with trailers on it, you know, as you would buy a house for people to live in? Or well, rent you, you, you can actually, there are groups of investors coming together now to actually buy the trailer parks themselves. Oh, so they're renting them out? And, oh. and, and, and in some cases, helping the people who are living there buy the, the, the land underneath their trailer parks. There's actually government programs in the United States designed to do exactly that. And there's trailer parks in the most unusual places, including places like Silicon Valley. Uh, Christopher, um, one last question before yeah. we move on from this segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your view on interest rates for next year? If interest rates go up, is that going to hit the property market? P- potentially. That is, that is mm-hmm. the, the thing that is on the horizon. And I, yeah. I think we, we all have to recognize that. Okay, well, thank you very much, uh, Christopher. That's uh, Christopher Dillon, Principal of Dillon Communications on Real Estate, and we hope you'll come in and and see us again. Thanks, Richard. Uh, Just uh, before we go, some of the open markets today are looking a little bit mixed, but uh, more on the positive than on the negative. Australia is up 0.6% at 5,402. Nikkei is up about a third of a percent at 17,876. Seoul is down 0.7 at 1,934. Francis, uh, for this week, uh, uh, what else are you, you doing? I always think this week is a good week between Christmas and New Year for doing really productive things. Have you got anything you're going to be doing really productive that's well, different from well, what you normally uh, do? Well, play the stock market today because it's going to go up, up in a way <laughs> because the, the stock market is really doing well in China at least. And, of course, uh, we'll be buying the broker's uh, shares. Uh, uh, and also the, uh, the brokers, uh, Chinese brokers, are really taking advantage of their price, price rises this year. And uh, Citic Security just announced a huge uh, rise yeah, issue. Yeah, I, I saw that. Well, Francis, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, have a very good rest of the week. And uh, also, I'll see you next year as well. Yep. Uh, and thank you very much for joining us on Money for Nothing today. I hope your week between Christmas and New Year is a very productive one. I'll be cleaning out my hard disk. 
Uh, Weatherford today is uh, going to be fine and dry. It's cold in the morning. A maximum temperature will be about 17 degrees during the day. Uh, we'll see moderate north to northeasterly winds, fresh at times at first. The outlook will be fine and dry with rather cool mornings in the next couple of days. And the temperature is currently 11 degrees and the relative humidity is 68%. Now the news read by Samantha Butler. Search aircraft have resumed flights to look for an AirAsia passenger jet that vanished over Indonesian waters. 162 people were on board the airliner when it disappeared from radar screens. It was flying to Singapore from Indonesia. The pilot had asked to change course to avoid storms but made no distress call. The head of search and rescue at Indonesia's transport ministry is Tatang Kurniadi. Our primary task is to find the plane. We are cooperating with every possible department and relevant countries. This includes the department responsible for aircraft design, the aircraft manufacturer from France and relevant operational teams from AirAsia and Malaysia. Then there are countries the victims are from, including Indonesia, Malaysia, United Kingdom and South Korea. Another pro-democracy banner has been hung from Lion Rock in Kowloon. The yellow banner with an umbrella logo on it, a symbol for the Occupy movement, bore a Cantonese phrase which said, universal suffrage for the chief executive election. Yesterday, firemen removed a giant pro-democracy banner hung from a steep slope at Devil's Peak near Yao Tong. Similar banners have appeared on different hills across the territory since Hong Kong. The MTR Corporation says apart from a few minor glitches, the new West Island line has been operating smoothly since opening yesterday. Operations Director Jacob Cam told RTHK this morning that minor issues such as problems with lift displays have been fixed. He described the atmosphere yesterday as a carnival. Since we opened yesterday, we have actually served over 160,000 passengers. 